The Colts, meantime, are 9-7. and seven. They're tied for first in the AFC South. They host Texas in an enormous game Saturday. We are joined right now by Dio Odengbo. Dio, it's good to have you on. How are you? I'm doing great. How you doing? Good, dude, good. Listen, the postseason is not officially getting underway until next week, of course, and there's so many crazy scenarios that are out of your control, but the Colts really do control their own destiny. It's a big challenge you have in front of you, but it's a great opportunity. How good does it feel to know that you're going into that last game of the regular season knowing that if you win, you're in? I mean, it feels great, you know, uh, being able to play meaningful football this late in the year and, and be able to control our own destiny going into the last week. So, you know, it's pretty much, it's pretty exciting uh, kind of playing this last week that's basically a playoff game. So uh, it's, it's really exciting and definitely a blessing. You know what? On some level, it's kind of amazing that you and I are even having this conversation. And I say that because you lost your rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, in week four, and you've dealt with injuries to key, key playmakers like Jonathan Taylor as well as some others. Most outside your locker room had given up on the Colts. I'm curious, what were you all telling each other on the inside when adversity hit and hit again and again? Uh, just sticking to the process at the end of the day. And I think it's truly just a testament to, you know, Coach Steichen's uh, uh, kind of mindset and his philosophy coming in and the way he's uh, gone about his business. And, you know, it kind of just rubbed off on everybody else. So when things got tough, we just, you know, kind of uh, buckled down and worked harder. And so we've been able to put ourselves in a position to play, you know, really important football. Shoot, Dow, you beat me to it. I was going to ask you about your first-year head coach. I mean, all of this is going on, and you've got a first-year head coach in Shane Steichen. Listen, you knew, and by the way, he's done a good enough job that he's in the running for coach of the year. You knew that when you hired him, you were getting a great offensive mind that played a big role in Philadelphia getting to the Super Bowl. What else have you learned about your head coach in his first season there? Uh, I think just his competitiveness. I mean, he's super competitive just in everything he does. Um and just his drive to be, you know, perfect, just always working to get better, you know, uh, holding people accountable and just um, pushing us to be the best we can be. So it's, it's been it's been a lot of fun this year, and it's, I'm uh, excited for the future as well. Hey, listen, two minutes in, I already know you're all about team. It's going to be all about team. It's going to be all about team goals. But I mentioned your numbers off the top, career numbers, huge numbers, impact numbers what's been the biggest difference for you this year as compared to last year how'd you make such a big step this year um i think it was just uh kind of that same mindset of just sticking to the process and you know when you kind of just build those days and st- stay consistent eventually uh you know the dam breaks so i think it's just uh building confidence through preparation and just continuing to to work to be better Dad, when did the dam break can you point to when the dam actually broke um, I feel like there were some leaks, you know, last season. We, I, I definitely felt some flashes towards the end of the season. And then, you know, just early this year and going through OTAs and camp, I became more and more confident than just, uh, you know, going through this season and having some big games and, you know, uh, just kind of building them on top of each other. And then you kind of just look up and don't realize, and, you know, you're in a completely different place than you were. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, if you have a process and you stick to that process and you stack day after day after day after day, all of a sudden you wake up one morning and you're in a totally different place. I've always loved that analogy. You know, your background, your backstory to me is really interesting. Your parents, Gary and Betty, first emigrated from Nigeria to England, and then they came to the U.S. in the late 90s. It's clear how determined they were to create a better life for you and your family. How would you describe your folks? What are they like? Uh, 
uh, they're definitely driven. I mean, they're hardworking, and uh, they they have a high expectation of my brother and I. So that's kind of always been big for us, whether it's been in school or football. You know, they really didn't want us to play football uh, at first. They kind of had a mindset of us going to medical school or being lawyers. So, um, but that mindset of just working hard and and always trying to be the best in whatever you do, not letting anybody outwork you, has kind of just transferred over to football and you know, kind of inadvertently allowed us both to, you know, go play college football and me to play at this level. You know, so what's so interesting is sometimes kids don't get beyond that, right? They end up following their parents' dreams for them or their parents impose their will. How did that flip? I mean, did they ultimately decide if you've got a passion for it and you're going to work towards it, we're going to support that? Ultimately, how did they embrace or accept that you wanted to play football? Honestly, I feel like it was we always played sports growing up, but uh, just early, you know, playing, being in Texas and, it, it, you know, football's king. So everybody just around us just kind of saw how big we were and how how fast we were growing. And, uh, you know, eventually we just ended up playing, being in football. And then, you know, for my parents, once you're in something, you got to be the best at it. So it was just once we're in it, uh, there was really no looking back. There was no quitting. So. We just saw how far it could take us. Dad, what if you weren't in Texas? What if you, I mean, it could be Florida, it could be Texas, maybe Cali, but what if you didn't end up in Texas where football is everything? Do you think it might have gone differently, or were you going to end up where you are right now no matter what? Yeah, I mean, there's no telling. You know, life is, the way life can go, you know, one little decision can change your whole life. So, um, I mean, there's no telling. Maybe I would have been a basketball player, who knows. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I'm just blessed to have, have uh had the opportunities I did and have had everything kind of play out the way it has. All right, so let me ask you this. Given your family's journey to America, how awesome was that Colts game against the Pats in Frankfurt in November? Because not only did you have your first three-sack game since high school, but you did it in front of nine members of your family who made the trip, including some who live in Europe. What was that trip like? That was awesome. I mean, I mean, one, it was awesome to be able to just go to another country and be able to you know, represent football in our country and uh, um, kind of just spread the game. And then also, you know, to have that much family there who none of them, none of that side of my family has seen me play before. So um, it was awesome to not only just see them, but allow them to see me play and kind of introduce them to football as well. And then to have a big game like that in front of them was really special. I was going to say, how well did those who had never seen you play before, how well did they know the game itself? And did they fully appreciate what you accomplished that day? Yeah, I think uh, they've been kind of like learning the game uh, just because obviously, you know, you have a family member who's playing. Um, you know, they've been watching, doing their best to try to learn the game. But I, I definitely think seeing it in person and, and kind of being able to understand everything about it from the atmosphere, you know, the fan experience, just the whole pageantry of a football game. Uh, was really special, and it was a really exciting experience for them and for me. No, I appreciate that. I want to get into your backstory because I think it's so interesting. So before you go, let's circle all the way back. The Colts beat the Texans 31-20 to in Week 2 in Houston, but that was early in C.J. Stroud's rookie season. And since then, as we know, he's become the front runner to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year award. What did you take away from that game, and then what are you expecting from Stroud and the Texans' offense in the rematch? Yeah, I mean, even in that game, he uh... – Made a, a lot of really uh, special plays and showed a lot of his uh, a lot of his potential and his talent early. So um, obviously he's had a whole season under the, his belt now, and he's pretty much you know no longer a rookie at this point, this late in the season. So just um, uh, you know understanding his strengths and and 
for us as a D-line, just understanding that we need to get to him early and do our best to affect him early and get him off of his game because, you know, a player that special can be, uh, can be a game changer. So, you know, we're excited to just have the opportunity to, you know, play a competitive game and, and uh, you know, put ourselves in the position that we want to be. Dio, i got to ask you one thing about your quarterback, Gardner Minshew. I was talking about this viral video. Maybe you've seen it, maybe not, but him and Max Crosby. Dude, yeah. Gardner is – dude, he is so funny. He, he yeah. is so funny. Don't get it wrong and don't get it twisted. I know how competitive this guy is, and I know how badly he wants to win. But how chill and how funny is this dude, and what's he like to be around? I mean, he's a great guy. I mean, just being around him, he's a – He's fun in the locker room. You can always crack jokes with him. He's never too serious. But, you know, when he needs to, he's uh, he's serious and he's a, a, a leader and a, a voice in the locker room that's very needed. So uh, it's been a lot of fun, you know, having him on the team and just, you know, seeing his the different antics from camp till now and, you know, seeing the special plays that he can make on the field with his arm and his leg. So it's been really fun. Antics is a great way to describe it. <laughs> and you know what's so great about that? It's great. Antics are great if you've got the plays to back it up. Otherwise, right, they're yeah. just antics, and it's not so great. Dial, yeah. listen, really good to have you on the show. I know it's an enormous week for you. Appreciate you making time, and really good to have that conversation. Nice job by you. Thanks so much. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Dial Odengbo. That was fun.